God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. So the believers at Corinth had a problem, namely other believers at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now let me just pause and say something I've said before, and that is that the only way to be like-minded uh, is to be like Christ. Christ had a heart of humility. Christ had obedience to the Father, which is an incredible thing. So that's what the believers at Corinth needed. Verse 11 says, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So Paul is writing this church, and the problem is obvious. The problem is contention, and really the problem is comparison. What follows is um, the divisions that existed. You know, all of us have perhaps a, a favorite preacher, and that that is fine. That's not bad. Some person that has blessed you in a particular way. However, even that can become a problem. In verse 12, Paul says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, or Peter, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So sometimes we can be divided. There can be contentions, uh, because this is my favorite preacher, and someone else has another favorite preacher. Okay, um, Sometimes we can compare, you know, how many we've baptized, perhaps in a particular church. Paul says, I'm glad I didn't baptize any one of you except a couple, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So we are divided over, this is my favorite preacher, and that's your favorite preacher. We're divided over, well, how many did you all baptize last year? Now, I think we should be aware of numbers. We, we count the things that matter to us. If we're going to count the offering, I think we should count the number of people saved and the number of people that are brought into the church. That's good. However, comparison often brings division. Once again, you know, as an evangelist, uh, the $64 million questions and, and the loaded question is, well, Will, are, are you busy? And the, the correct answer, of course, is, oh, yes, busy, 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 busy. Oh, I'm so busy. You know, I, I preached in... Uh, Indianapolis on Sunday and then preached in Florida the next Sunday. And, oh, busy, busy, busy. Well, okay, great. Everyone is busy. But when we compare ourselves, who's busier? Who has more, uh, you know, converts? Who, uh, who's your favorite preacher? Later on in the book, we, we see uh, men and women. Guess what? They are different. And we find that uh, in the context of church in 1 Corinthians 11. In 1 Corinthians 11, we also find the difference between poor and, and rich uh, throughout the book. Certainly in chapter 12, we find that different believers have different gifts. You know, look, comparison. Only by pride cometh contention. And pride is largely a matter of how do I compare to them? It's not that I'm rich or smart or gifted. It's that I am richer than him. I am smarter than her. I am more powerful than they are. It's a matter of comparison. Take out comparison. And uh, we all have a sin nature that can lead to pride, but pride has a lot less to work with when we're not comparing ourselves. Pride says, what do I want? You know, six of the seven times that the word puffed 
as in they are puffed up, they're proud, they're arrogant, they're inflated, they have a large head. Six of the seven times that is found in the entire New Testament, it is found in 1 Corinthians. So what is the ethic of 1 Corinthians? The ethic of 1 Corinthians is, what does God want? That's humility, not thinking lowly of myself. It's thinking of myself as God thinks of me. What does God want? You know, it's amazing how liberating that is. If I'm going through life thinking, what do I want? How do I compare? That leads to contention. When I go through life just saying, look, what does God want? Humility, humility is that frame of mind that asks, what does God want? And it's liberating. You know, throughout the book, you find uh, the call of God. Paul says in verse 1, he was called to be an apostle. In verse 2, he says that these people were called to be saints. Uh, in verse 9, he says that we are called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Um, that word is used throughout the book. And so the, the, the idea is what God, or what would God will, what would God want? Uh, Paul and Apollos were actually not in contention. The people that followed them were. And Paul used his own case as an example of what we should be doing. And that is showing humility by asking the question, what does God want? God gifted you. He gifted you differently, and he gifted you to complement other people who are in the body of Christ. God gifted you. You didn't gift you. God did. What does God want? God placed you. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that God has placed us in the body as it hath pleased him. Now, God's gifting, I think, largely indicates God's calling. If God's called you to do something, then God has gifted you to do something. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, this sounds rather harsh, but I, I think, I don't think it was meant as such. He said, gentlemen, if you cannot preach, God did not call you to preach. What did he mean by that? He simply meant that God will gift you to do what God has placed you to do. So God gifted you, God promoted you, that God placed you, I should say. And then yes, God, God promotes you. Promotion comes not from the east or from the west, but God raises up one and the other. So the bottom line today is we are liberated from all the contention that comes when we're thinking about ourselves and others, when we simply say, what does God want?